O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 32 and 36, picking up at verse 5. Blessed is he whose unrighteousness is forgiven, and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth no sin, and in whose spirit there is no guile. For whilst I held my tongue, my bones consumed away through my daily complaining. For thy hand was very heavy upon me day and night, and my moisture was like that the draught in summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine unrighteousness have I not hid. I said, I will confess my sins unto the Lord, and so thou forgavest the wickedness of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly make his prayer unto thee, in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely the great water floods shall not come nigh him. Thou art a place to hide me in. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with a song of deliverance. I will inform thee and teach thee in the way wherein thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not like the horse and mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held with a bit and bridle, else they will not obey thee. Great plagues remain for the ungodly. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, mercy embraceth him on every side. Be glad, O ye righteous, and rejoice in the Lord, and be joyful, all ye that are true of heart. Thy mercy, O Lord, reacheth unto the heavens, 
and thy faithfulness under the clouds. Thy righteousness standeth like the strong mountain, thy judgments are like the great deep. Thou, Lord, shalt save both man and beast. How excellent is thy mercy, O God! And the children of men shall put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be satisfied with the plenteousness of thy house, and thou shalt give them drink of thy pleasures as out of the river. For with thee is the well of life, and in thy light shall we see light. O continue forth thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness unto them that are true of heart. O let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the ungodly cast me down. There are the fallen, all the works of the wickedness. They are cast down, but shall not be able to stand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the book of Daniel. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, and some of the king's descendants, and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generation shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. 
He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the 21st verse of the 19th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Orestes, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time there arose a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into dis disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travels, travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia who were friends sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar, there being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace 
according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, O Lord, we beseech thee, that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by thy governance, that thy church may joyfully serve thee in all godly quietness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. Our lessons take us first into the Psalms, and both Psalm 32 and Psalm 36 um, have to do with the kind of stability that one who has been reconciled to God and stands in right relationship to him um, in terms of the covenant, in terms of faithfulness to God in the covenant, um, makes them the inheritor of a kind of strength and stability that can withstand the schemes of both uh, individual enemies and also kind of the, the all the enemies of the people of God. Um, it's it's a it's a callback to of course the the la one of the last charges of Moses in the in the Torah in Deuteronomy when he said that you know before you is the way of life and the way of death if you remain in faithfulness to God uh, God will grant you you know life and God will grant you blessing and will grant you um, the strength to withstand all of your enemies no one shall prevail against you um, and you will prevail against all that you that you go against and conversely uh, unfaithfulness where it results in being sort of capitulated, capitulated to one's enemies, and that being the critical frailty that erodes um, one's um, 
sense of security and one's, one's safety. Um, and so that really that centralizes faithfulness um, rather than kind of scheming or, um, you know, trying to, you know, do, you know, do any kind of, you know, uh, means of expedience or means of sort of self-protection uh, outside of that as a primary thing. It doesn't mean that prudence is never called for, but it does mean that faithfulness um, and the, the, the peace that God alone can give that, as we pray tonight, the world cannot give. Um, is uh, is something that at the is a, is the core uh, with which other things have a hope of having life in them, and without which um, no measure of security can ever uh, uphold a person. And that's um, worked out in our two lessons, our two readings for tonight. Uh, the first one being uh, our at the beginning of our readings in the book of Daniel, and Daniel is uh, is is this is a prophet of the exile. After Judah, the southern kingdom, uh, after the divided kingdoms of Israel, um, after it is conquered by the Babylonians um, and, is, and, and the people are taken into captivity from Jerusalem and sent into into uh, and deported to Babylon and, and taken into um, into the different corners of that empire. Um, and Daniel and his friends find themselves in a strange and hostile land. Um, and the Babylonians interpreted all of this, that the victory of Nebuchadnezzar is the is, a, is the sure sign that the god of the Babylonians, um, Marduk, and their and the host of the divinities of Babylon is superior to the god of the Israelites, to the god of the Jews, um, and that was typically how ancient warfare was seen, not only as a battle of armies but as a battle of divinities as well. And yet, um, at the very beginning of the book of Daniel, we see an undermining of that kind of logic, where Daniel and his friends go into captivity apparently as the result of the defeat of their God by the God of the Babylonians, and yet um, their, their sort of rise into prominence in the eyes of the king um, is, is the beginnings of a series of displays of power that the God of the Jews will exercise against the gods of the Babylonians to shame them, to defeat them within their own kingdom, on their own territory, on their own turf. And so it's, you know, they're going to lose, um, even though they have this sort of home field advantage, so to speak. Um, and so it will um, be this sort of this reversal of logic that to an ancient reader would have been this, this astonishing, um, you know, this astonishing prevailing of a foreign deity on the home soil of the, of the deity. And so that's what we're beginning to see unfold. That's one way we can, we can trace the, what were the events we're about to see in Daniel is that the divine status of the king and the divinities beyond him are going to be kind of one by one knocked down by, as the power of God works through Daniel and his friends to deliver them and uphold them in safety because they are faithful to him as a tiny remnant of faithful ones in the midst of this captivity. And so it echoes the logic of that Psalm. And that's again echoed in Paul's the journey here. Uh, that it's significant that we note the places at the beginning of our lesson tonight in verse 21 that Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia, and after that to Jerusalem and then to Rome. Uh, it's one of those times where we might ask, you know, like one of these things is not like the other, um, and it's supposed to be Jerusalem. Um, and then we, you know, get stuck here in Asia Minor in Ephesus for a bit. But of all these things, these are the kind of the great capitals of ancient paganism. Uh, Macedonia was the home turf of Alexander the Great and the Hellenistic Greek gods system. Achaia is where you had the kind of the, 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 the divine city, uh, where you had the divine cities of Sparta and Athens and Thebes. Um, that's like the kind of the classic Greeks, the, one that, the ones that sack Troy. Then you have, of course, the Romans, who we all know. 
And then you have the Ephesians where the temple of Artemis at the middle of it, um, or the, yeah, the temple of, um, the, yeah, the temple of Artemis of the Ephesians is one of the great wonders of the ancient world. And so Jerusalem is supposed to stand out in this list as like, ah, yeah, right. That's the city of the one true God. And yet, um, as Paul seems to experience it and sets himself to, to behold it in the spirit, Jerusalem stands now in the, the, the new logic of the world after Christ as this um, as a city that is um, the kind of the vacant place where um, where the true God is no longer worshipped. And so there's this kind of quiet but, but scathing indictment that we see read, read here that he's going to go to Jerusalem and they're going to treat him almost identically to how he gets treated in Ephesus where he challenges uh, the God of the Ephesians and they try to, you know, they try to destroy him. Um, and God, and yet he, you know, very um, uh, peacefully and very, but very assertively moves through all these capitals of, of, of ancient divinities. Uh, and again, that word we got from the end of our last lesson, our, our lesson last night, the word of the Lord grew and prevailed mightily. This is another sort of, uh, in, the, in the ears of an ancient reader, this is exactly what we're seeing, that God prevails against all of these ancient deities, even the kind of um, idol that had been made at Jerusalem, um, which was no longer worship of the true God, but had become worship of, um, worship of a system of religion that had crucified the actual God, had crucified the divine one, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so for us, as we read this, you know, there's this mounting sense of tension here, but it recalls to us in both of these scenarios that, you know, sometimes we, we get into the mindset that we, you know, we're beset on all sides and that, you know, it's, every generation likes to think that it's never been as bad uh, at, for, for a believing person as it is right now and that we'd somehow advanced. But, you know, as we read the scriptures, we re realize that's patently false and that um, the the real truth is the quiet truth, that to be the faithful remnant in the midst of every age is the precise calling of all true believers, both Jew and Christian alike. And that to be a faithful Christian in any age means to stand in the face of people who hate Christ and who hate those who follow him. Um, and that it is a vain exercise to pretend like one age is somehow worse or better than the other. And it's, it's really for each age to confront the challenges that present it in the manner of Daniel and in the matter of Paul to move through as sojourners those places um, to accept the challenges and accept the deliverances that we are afforded and to be willing at any time to boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ crucified and to accept um, that the, the, the because the world does not like that, that we're going to have opposition, but to remember that faithfulness is the thing that allows us to stand upright, even after our enemies have a, after our enemies destroy us, it still lets us stand upright. So it's a timely reminder for all of us tonight. Including tonight with our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good. 
and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. Thanks to Barbara and Rochelle, my co-leaders. Hope you have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank Thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you.